Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Thanks for tuning in to an all-new episode, and I am so excited to announce that Messy Closet has surpassed 30,000 downloads thanks to all of you who have tuned in and been along on this spiritual journey of Generation X, and of course, thanks to Podbean and to Soundtrap for helping me bring you these episodes. I am flashing back to 40 years ago. I just started going down the rabbit hole of what movies and TV shows and albums were out. And 1983 was filled with a lot of great stuff. So Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Octopussy, Krull, War Games, Superman. There are so many. Space Hunter. Space Raiders Blue Thunder, Never Say Never Again. And for dramas, we got Scarface, The Right Stuff, Flashdance, Suburbia, Bad Boys, All the Right Moves, Rumblefish, Streamers, Baby It's You, The Lords of Discipline, and John Travolta's Staying Alive. We also got Risky Business, The Big Chill, Mr. Mom, Strange Brew, Trading Places, Valley Girl, Terms of Endearment, Easy Money, Vacation, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, Deal of the Century, Stroker Ace, Private School, Pirates of Penzance, The Man with Two Brains, The Sting Two, DC Cab, the Survivor, Losing It, Class. We also had Yellowbeard, Baby It's You, Neil Simon's Max Duggan Returns, Project A, Curse of the Pink Panther, High School USA, To Be or Not To Be, Going Berserk, Romantic Comedy, Nate and Hayes, Jerry Lewis Cracking Up, and Let's Make Laugh. Also, Can She Bake a Cherry Pie, and trench coat. All of these movies, that was like a big, big year. So entertainment was on the rise and average price of a movie ticket was between three and five dollars with snacks running no more than ten dollars from what I remember per person at least. And we all shared the big popcorn. 1983 was a big year that launched a lot of shows that lasted for decades. So 40 seasons of Frontline, 31 seasons of Bob Ross's The Joy of Painting, and 19 seasons of Sally Jesse Raphael came out of 1983. Of course, we got Love Connection, Mama's Family, Fraggle Rock, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, The A-Team, Webster, V, I remember V, that was only one season, Hardcastle and McCormick, The Littles, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, The Thorn Birds, The Mr. T Cartoon, Scooby and Scrappy-Doo Cartoon, The Terrestrials, The Mon The Dukes of Hazzard's Cartoon, Inspector Gadget Cartoon, 
And the Moomins. I had to look up the Moomins thinking, am I crazy? I did not remember this at all, but it is Swedish. It comes from Finland and it's an animated series based on novels and short stories. So I did a little digging into the top earning actors of 1983 and in the number three spot with 27 film credits is Chevy Chase. And the top films that contributed to his earnings are National Lampoon's Vacation, which earned over $61 million in the box office, and Modern Problems, a 1981 film that grossed over $24 million. Number two spot goes to Sylvester Stallone, Sly himself, and he has 43 film credits. In 1983, the two films that earned him this number two spot is Rocky III, which earned over $125 million in the box office in 1982, and First Blood earning over $47 million, also a 1982 film. Drumroll, please, because the number one top-earning actor in 1983 is... Harrison Ford, who has 37 film credits to his name, and the top films that contributed to him being number one is, of course, Star Wars Episode Four: Return of the Jedi, earning over $300 million, Raiders of the Lost Ark, earning over $225 million, and that was from 1981, and Blade Runner earning over 32 million. That's a 1982 film. The number four spot goes to Paul Newman. Five goes to Tom Cruise. Six, the first woman on this list, Meryl Streep. The seventh top earner of 1983 is Dan Aykroyd and number eight is William Hurt. Nine is John Travolta. 10, Kurt Russell. 11, Dennis Quaid. 12, Eddie Murphy. 13, Roger Moore. 14, Clint Eastwood, 15, Richard Gere, 16, Patrick Swayze, 17 is Rob Lowe, 18 is William Shatner, 19, Al Pacino, 20, John Belushi, 21, Julie Andrews, 22, Mel Gibson, 23, Kathleen Turner, 24, Steve Martin, and 25 is Mark Hamill. So out of the top 25 earning actors of 1983, we only have three women. This is incredible, but they've always talked about the pay gap in Hollywood, and there's a pay gap everywhere for men and women. But congratulations to everyone that made the top 25 in 1983, including, of course, Kathleen Turner, Julie Andrews, and, of course, Meryl Streep. I don't know if there's a best part to the 80s because every time I think about something, I think about something I love. But what I have not hit on yet is fashion. And the 1983 fashion is actually influenced from the 1940s with strong shoulder pads, menswear influences, and oversized coats and oversized everything. So... The look of this year is accentuated by what we called the power belt, and that minimized the waist and emphasized the hips, and 
it was an absolute fashion hit because it really just gave you this awesome, well, triangular shape because we had the shoulder pads in that would point out. But there was something so amazing to the whole 80s fashion because even though it had influences in the 1940s, it didn't try to mimic the style or copy the style or make it vintage. It tried to take the 1940s fashion and really like just, you know, fast forward it fashion forward it 40 years to the 80s. There's actually a really great article on uh, fashion history, fitnyc.edu. And if you don't know FIT, it's the Fashion Institute of Technology um, on Fashion Avenue in New York City. And it's just a great place. So Daniel James Cole and Nancy Deal describe the overall 80s aesthetic in the history of modern fashion from 2015, quote, fashion in the 1980s was especially indicative of social status. This is true. The fashionable person used his or her appearance to signal economic achievement, cultural affiliations, lifestyle preferences, and even taste in music. Absolutely. A number of important looks coexisted and overlapped during the period, including preppy, power dressing, avant-garde Japanese, and numerous subcultural styles like punk and goth and just rock and roll, like, you know, CBGB's leather, black, sleek look. And then you had, of course, the exact opposite of that, which was the geometric patterns with the bright, bold colors. The makeup and hair was incredible. So you would have like blue or purple eyeshadow all the way out to like your hairline with these big, bushy eyebrows, lots of mascara, black eyeliner, really, really pronounced blush that was not blended in at all. No highlighter, no contour. And like red lips, pink lips, purple lips, something frosted or really bright, usually bright red nails or maybe a French manicure. And if you were really, really like, I don't know, uh, experimental and flashier, you would do maybe like neon pink or green or yellow, orange, something like that, which a lot of people, at least where I grew up in like Westchester in the Bronx, would do in the summer. And there were so many fashion icons of the 80s, but the biggest one of all was Princess Diana. So she really just took so many 80s influences when she wore a necklace as a headband and she would wear strapless or off the shoulder items. And she just really took even her casual 80s style. You know, she's got her famous sheep sweater with all the white sheep and one black, or she's got her famous checkered pink and white outfit that she was sitting in. She was always dressed so impeccably, and she hit up that preppy business attire style a lot in her everyday wear. But when she put on her gowns, it was just immediate, immediate. I I can't even explain. It was just stars and, and light surrounded her. We all remember her infamous red and white outfit on the Australia tour of 1983 and 
the Crown had their own version of things, but we're talking about the outfit. And even though she looked visibly upset in some of the pictures, the outfit was right on. And she just always knew how to capture a moment with her fashion. I wanted to get into a little bit of world news that happened in 1983. So in February alone, on February 1st, the USSR performed underground nuclear testing. February 2nd, CBS premiered a fact-based World War II drama, The Scarlet and the Black, based on the life of Monsignor Hugh O'Flaherty. February 3rd, the U.S. Female Figure Skating Championship was won by Rosalind Summers. On February 7th, the first female Secretary of Transportation was sworn in, and that is Elizabeth Dole. February 8th, Wayne Gretzky sets NHL All-Star record of four goals in one period. Wow, that is pretty good. So February 16th, the Ash Wednesday bushfires in Victoria and South Australia claim the lives of 75 people in one of Australia's worst fires ever. February 17th, Netherlands adopts the Constitution. February 17th also, the U.S. performed nuclear tests at Nevada test site. At the Grammy Awards, the 25th annual Grammy Awards on February 23rd, Toto won for record of the year for Rosanna. Toto 4 won for song of the year. Always on my mind, which was Chris, Johnny Christopher, Mark James, Wayne Carson, and Willie Nelson. And it was a great, great year for, for some really decent 80s music into the environment in the United States. Also on February 23rd, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announces its intent to buy out and evacuate the dioxin-contaminated community of Times Beach, Missouri. And here's a name we have heard recently in politics. Also, February 23rd, USFL New Jersey Generals sign Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker to a then massive three-year, $5 million deal. Oh, how times have changed. February 24th was a big day because a special commission from U.S. Congress released a report that condemned the practice of Japanese internment during World War II. The Dow Jones closed that day at 1100 mark for the first time or above the 1100 mark for the first time. And the USSR performed a second underground nuclear test. February 26th, shortwave Pirate Radio USA in Wellsville, New York begins transmission. So that is an interesting bunch of world news coming from February of 1983. I remember so much of this so clearly, but I did have to do the math to remember my age. I was seven. I had just turned seven in the month of February. And I just um, remember so much of trying to do my makeup. 
seriously i used to like bust into my mother's makeup and jewelry and just do all of the 80s fashions and i don't remember the high hair yet for me because i was seven but i know that the big teased up aquanet spray hair was part of the whole culture and i could not wait to tease and spray my hair little did i know that it was so heavy that it was not going to take to teasing and spraying like I wanted it to with all the other girls that had the giant wall of hair. The 80s was a great time, and this is my flashback Friday for you guys 40 years ago, 1983. Stay tuned for more new episodes every Monday through Friday. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Messy Closet, and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive. <laughs>